Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the president of Dynamic Leader Inc. and the Exponential Success Coach. I'm here today, and you're joining us today with uh, with a really special guest. Um, we have, it's interesting, we have a lot in common. We love to talk to people, and in talking with people, we bring out the best, and in talking with people, we bring out hopefully the most interesting. And uh, so with me today is Chris Miller. He is a writer. He is almost first and foremost, a podcaster, and he's a producer. He helps people uh, boost their own podcasts. And in doing so, he's got uh, an amazing podcast, um, talktopeople.com. So we'll talk more about that. I want to know about Chris's journey. Chris, welcome to One Sharp Sword. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Like I told you beforehand, whenever I saw your podcast, I was immediately intrigued particularly the concept of breakthrough. Like you and me both know, breakthrough does not happen in a vacuum. It happens with the people all around us. So I knew there'd going to be a connection. That's awesome. It is, it, it, you use the word community a lot. And it's, yeah. it's really true that you, you know, you break through based on, first of all, your own beliefs and your ability to change those beliefs, um, the support of the community around you, and sometimes when you break through, you're actually the one that lifts others in the community. So, yeah. Yeah, I had, I got my graduate degree whenever I was, what, 22. And a big reason why I went to graduate school was to raise the standard of education for my family, for my nieces and nephews, because no one had done that beforehand. And I think with communities, that's often the way it works. There's going to be one person that sets the standard. And then from there, all your frame of reference and your metrics completely change. And the hope is that it's for the best, but we also see it happen the other way too. With groupthink, there can be entropy, things can get worse over time. And if someone does something that's really bad, then they can also make the whole group go downwards. So the power of community, that's why you hear the power of five, right? The five people all around you help sustain or direct where you go. And lately, I've heard the Power of Five is more of the five podcasts you listen to. Well, it's really, I mean, the the way I learned the Power of Five is that it's the five people you associate with the most. And so if you are, you know, listening to a particular person every single day, if you are, you know, surrounding yourself, um, you know, you could be get sucked into the outrage. If that's the person that you're that you're listening to every single day your life is going to be full of offense and and outrage. Or, you know, if you're surrounding yourself by people that are uplifting, there you go. And I love that you talked about, you know, the standard because it is up or down, right? What level of standard are you choosing to operate at in your life? And, um, and is that really in service of the community around you or is it in service of your own safety? Like, I can't dare to think bigger because um, that'll offend somebody. It's like, then you're in the wrong group, right? Yeah, certainly. Time for a new community. And you won't last that long. If you are being driven by your individual pursuit, then whenever you don't hit it, there's nothing else for you to go back. And you have to have a well. I've been thinking about this. You have to have a well that will sustain you. And oftentimes, you mentioned value. Oftentimes, it could be a set of values. Or it could be faith or a certain belief in being part of something bigger than yourselves. Um, There's a really cool thing about loneliness. I know I'm taking a little foray here, but I figure we can go down it. Let's go. Loneliness is not just... The definition of loneliness is a perceived feeling that you lack the social connection that you need. So it's perceived. We can't have someone else walk up to us and be like, Hey, I saw you over there. I think you're lonely. Maybe we are lonely, but we also could be stressed. It's a feeling. It's not necessarily a fact. We can't look at something and say, 
I talked to this many people at this certain time, therefore I'm lonely. And it's that we lack the social connection that we need. And this varies for everybody. I am an extrovert. You are talking to people in your free time. More than likely, you'd identify as one. So we have a higher social battery. We can talk to more people. We get charged by that. And that's where we find ourselves in. But not everybody's wired that way. So the fact that everybody's wired differently is really interesting. But you have to be a part of something bigger than yourself. They call that collective loneliness. Whenever you may have a best friend, you may have a wife, you may have coworkers that give you social support. But if you're not part of a network or a group, you'll still find yourself lonely. And the reason is because you, you're not part of that thing that's larger than life, that's larger than what you're called to. And oftentimes that's the well, right? And we have to have that well. The well as in a well that you dip into versus well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> it's kind of like you have to have your why. You have to have a well. No, you have to have a well of community to dip into. Um, and that well, I love what you said at the preface of that, which is it could well be a it could well be a uh, a belief, a faith. Yes. Like you're you're you which means you could be alone in your faith and still have the well of that belief or of that faith to dip into, which is which is great because it goes back to values, right? So I uh, one of the sub brands of dynamic leader is exponential success. Exponential success has three V's in its in its uh, foundation: values, vision, and vitality. And it's you know the values. That's where we start. If you're yeah. not aligned in your own values, how can you align in a company's values and say, I want to be part of this thing or a commun community's values and being able to find or create the right community, right? That, that that comes from values and then vision. What does it look like? And vitality, how are you showing up in it? Um, I think this is great. It's weird to go down uh, a loneliness path based on... Um, values that said cool like digression i love it it's sort of like what else you got <laughs> yeah. no, I, I like the way that you host your podcast i was laughing because yeah i love the way that you are able to one you're a subject matter expert right you have mm. dr before your name dr p you oh really i thought it was derp no best-selling author but then you're able to joke and i did this poll for everybody who listens to my podcast i asked them what type of guests do you believe will lead to a more successful podcast and the first selection was high achieving the second was relatable and the third was a combination of both and there was about 60 people who filled it out and only one person of the 60 said high achieving so resumes are cool we obviously want to strive for resumes and strive for achievement but the majority of people they said the combination of both people who have done things but they also are relatable so whenever i watch or listen to your podcast and i hear you joke around it makes me smile because you have like you've achieved different things but the challenge is now how can you make yourself more relatable and that applies to everybody right we want to be relatable and humor is one of the greatest signs of intelligence, but it made me smile when I listened to your podcast and heard you joking around. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, you know, that's not forced. It's just who I am. And so, uh, <clears throat> it makes it easy also to have obviously guests like you where, where, you know, there are going to be some people that I don't joke exactly the same way. Yeah. I've had some senior vice presidents of some major organizations. Um, I've had the president of a bank on. I it's and um it, we did we did have some fun, but it wasn't, you know, and basically yeah. it's basically, I mean, here's the thing, right? The what you're pointing out, Chris, is you know, here we are on a podcast. And it's not the only part of the podcast that is even slightly removed from 
from me in my daily life, although I do flip into it, is the voice I use to open the show. Welcome to One Sharp Sword. It's like, that's my radio voice. Everybody who knows me knows that I can flip into that. I did FM radio years ago. I'd spin a little Pablo Cruz during the lunch yeah. hour, which tells you how long ago that was. Um, <laughs> but everything else, I mean, it's like, this is who I am. You you get me. And I think that's what makes your podcast so special as well, because when it's, it is talktothepeople.com, when you are talking to the people it's a conversation and and sometimes you know from the podcast i've listened to at your end it's like sometimes it's uh people are very draggy and so you're having to pace them and pick them up and sometimes it's like boom here it goes and you're also having to pace them and and sort of make it so that they're relatable and which is which is a skill and the reason i'm bringing all of this out based on what you've just said is that all of this is applicable to each of our audience members that our viewers our listeners can go well where in conversation can i step in and lift the other where in conversation can i make this about community and and that goes back to what you've been saying so you know talk a little bit about how you um do two things for us okay how did you get here how did you decide that you know what? Podcasting's my thing. And then and then the other thing is um I know you got a uh, you have your masters in communication. Uh is that where you learned about asking questions, asking great questions? Yeah. I love I love the great questions. I find myself it's funny with communication Communication is a liberal art, right? A social science. And one of the beauties of that is you can go in there and you can learn a whole bunch of stuff and it's all really interesting. But the downside is you may learn something the next semester that completely conflicts with what you just learned. It's much different than mathematics, a hard science to where there's a right way and a wrong way. And you'll see this actually in the field applied. You may have a friend where you can say a joke to them and it does not work at all with the other person. Or if you hold the door open for somebody and they may be like, wow, how kind of you. But then if you hold the door open for another person, they may be like, okay, now I need to move quicker. This is kind of uncomfortable. I don't know why you had to do that. And they may smile, but they're a little frustrated internally because the guidebook is weird with communication. We can't go and look at the I used to have a 2002 Chevy Blazer. If there was something wrong with it, I could look at the manual and it would tell me exactly everything. With communication, we can't necessarily do that. There are so many variables. So a good foundation to set is people who are really good at communicating often are really good at just making people feel a certain way. It's more of how they present themselves and what their level of presence is like. There's some interesting studies. I've been thinking about this because my parents, they live a few states away. So my ability to communicate with them is how attentive I am on the phone. And there's studies that show just the slightest delay of being on the phone. Whenever you say something, the slightest delay indicates to us that the person's not paying attention. And I have TikTok, Instagram, YouTube on my phone. And I find myself sometimes scrolling TikTok or YouTube, whatever, while I'm talking to my parents and I'll have them on speaker and I'll just be talking. And in my head, I'm multitasking. I'm doing two things at once. But when I really think about it, I've there's a delay. I'll be like, oh yeah, 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 right. Okay. And what that communicates to my dad is that I'm not paying that most attention. And I notice we have shorter conversations because he wants to hop on the phone because naturally he feels that. So the best communicators are able to make people feel like they're being heard, like they're acknowledged. We call it attentiveness. I'm attentive to you, what you're doing in this present moment. And I think one of the greatest compliments you could ever get in any dealing with people at all is you make me feel like I'm the only person in the room. Uh, there may be all these other people around here, but you make me feel like you're dialed in and I matter. 
So revealing the value of other people to themselves is one of the biggest things you should strive for in communication. Now, the way that I got there, I want to pause. Yeah. And the reason I want to pause is that last line, right? Mm -hmm. Revealing the value of the other person to that person. Yes. Most people don't think that way. And that is like, that's kind of the gem of, of, you know, I mean, one of them you'll, for our audience, you're going to hear multiple gems, but that's a, (laughs) and that's a huge one, right? Revealing the value of the other person to them uh, versus you going, wow, I just felt really good talking to them. No, like let them know. And that is part of attentiveness. It's interesting as you were saying that, right? What was I doing? And and because this is on speaker view, our audience couldn't tell. I'm looking down, I'm writing. Now, what I told you ahead of time was, if you see me looking down, it's because right. I'm writing. And so we had this... I'm I'm sharing that because uh, we we basically had a social contract, which yes. says I'm still with you. I'm actually paying more attention by writing things down. So this is it's it's a big deal. Attentiveness is it's one of the biggest gifts I think we can give each other. Our attention, like I am with you. I'm doing nothing else. The other thing I wanted to point out is. Uh, you mentioned doing two things at once and multitasking. Um, I did a blog uh, recently, and Wary and I call out. It's not multitasking. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's called it's called toggle tasking. Oh, and yeah. right because you shift from one task right. to the next to the next to the next, back and forth, and and even if it's that fast, you're still toggle tasking, and it takes a beat for your neurons to reconnect back to the original task which mm-hmm. is why it's like oh uh-huh uh-huh yeah no yeah no i was listening it's yeah. like no actually you dropped out for a beat and a half and yeah. we feel it so this is um there's a little sme stuff for you because <laughs> yeah i'm loving that and that's what you can provide and I think that's the beauty of conversation is we'll be able to lay a roadmap and we'll each be able to build roads. And at the end, the top of the hour, we get to say, well, where'd we get to? And look at where we got. The funny thing about toggle tasking and conversation is we can convince ourselves that we're multitasking because this is something my wife will ask me. She'll say, were you listening? And I'll be like, of course I was listening. I'm right here in the middle of conversation. And then I'll repeat back to her what she said, because I'm still able to recollect what's like the audio processing. Mm-hmm. But since I'm toggle tasking, I'm not actually able to process it. I'm only able to store it rather than go in and recode it, right? Or read it, you know? And though just that, that little tiny thing, I am convincing myself that I'm a good listener. Oh, I can actually write this email and respond to my wife. I can, but I don't do it well. And both tasks suffer. And we deal with the monotasking or unitasking. I know there's different phrases that people use. Single mainly, task. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly just saying, don't do multiple things at the same time. Because. It's presence. It's it's mindfulness, right? The whole practice of mindfulness. Our lives are so busy and there are so many things pulling for our attention at any given moment uh, that that the whole mindfulness, mindfulness movement became so necessary. Be really present in what you're doing. Feel that connection to the other. I think that that's really huge. And um, and and you know, it's something that is, that is the gift. We do have the ability to listen. I was trained in, you know, clinical psychology. I was, I can write on my notepad two sentences past what you're currently talking about, because that's how Mm -hmm. uh, I was trained. So it's in there. Does it mean I'm 100% uh, focused? And it's like, not like, you're not going to get my immediate reaction if, if my task is listen, write, 
you know, and it's like, no, no, let me yeah. just, let me just be present with you. Right. So um, part of the job of a podcaster is to take notes that make sense. And for me, and I know for you, it's flipping back and forth to I'm really present. And when you're talking, I'm present and I'm writing. So, mm-hmm. right. So that's, that's, I just wanted to point out like that's process. And um, the reason I jump in and point this out is because I want our audience to get that, you know, as a, as you know, somebody listening or watching that you're, you have choices. Yeah. And, right. You have choices about where you put your energy. Can you be deliberate? Can you be mindful? You are listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell. You know you are bigger than the life you are leading. It really is time to attend to that thing you've wanted to do or have, but you've been putting off. It's time to step into that dream you've parked for someday. It's time to claim true well-being, both personally and professionally, without giving up the success that got you here. It's time to check out Dr. Purnell's signature small group retreat, the Exponential Success Summit. Explore ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Seats are extremely limited as this is a very special small group event. www.ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. You start to talk about your, uh, your, like trajectory where'd you come from where are you going kind of trajectory so yeah let me bring you back to that unless there's something else that you wanted to dovetail on to what i just said i find myself having a lot to say so having someone put me on a trajectory is appreciated and i grew up in northeast oklahoma broken arrow outside of tulsa the youngest of four they say whenever you're the baby, the stereotype is to charm and disarm. You're not the biggest, you're not the strongest, you aren't the smartest because there's people who, it, I have an interesting story because I there's a pretty big age gap, 15, 16 years between my the oldest and the youngest. So I was by far a charmer and disarmer, but I always found myself fascinated with individuals the thing that expedited this that really made it clear to me was whenever i started going to church my family wasn't involved in church that much my mom would go every now and then but on sundays they would work she was a baker he my father was a house painter so manual labor they'd be working a ton and they provided for us but one of the downsides is they weren't available on the weekends but i had a friend who'd take me to church And initially I just went to church because there was people, ping pong and free food. But after a while I'd sit there and it was like osmosis, right? Over time, some of the things started to stand out to me. And one of the inherent values of Christianity is that people are made in the image of God. Therefore they have innate value to them. Like that, you know, whenever we built the United States, we have inalienable rights that Each individual has rights inherent to them whenever just their existence as a person means that they possess rights. And in order to have rights, you have to have value. And in the Bible, everybody has value. And so seeing, especially in churches, they talk about testimonies. What's your story? How did you get here? And it's a really big deal to share your testimony. So being there and seeing okay, everybody has value. Okay, they make a really big deal whenever people share their stories. There's something here. So that naturally tapped into something I already had. It was a fascination with people, but I didn't recognize that when I'm in middle school. In middle school, I thought it was weird because I wanted to connect with people in all of the groups. I wanted to connect to the football players and the band people and the people on the dance team. And But naturally, you have to find your group and stay in it. So that wasn't me. So by the time I get to college, I want to do sports, a big soccer player. I wanted to do health exercise science because that's what a lot of athletes do. But a year in, I had someone talk to me and they said, you know, you can study communication. I was like, what? You can study talking to people? 
And they're like, yeah. So the next day I go to the advisor and I switch my major. And after that, I begin to study the thing I was passionate about. And I remember telling my dad, who I said was a house painter, that I was studying communication. And he's like, well, like, there's no communication factories to work at, right? There's no communication warehouses. What job are you going to get? And that began this pursuit of, I don't know what job I'm going to get. But my senior year of college, I have professors telling me consider graduate school. So I get an offer from Wake Forest, a college out in North Carolina. And they say, if you teach public speaking, we'll pay your way through the program, which was perfect because a painter and a baker's salary don't support or aren't able to cover a private institution uh, in the woods, Wake Forest. So we got it covered. I graduate from graduate school. I don't know what to do. I get this healthcare consulting job. And it is not fun. I'm traveling the world. I'm wearing a suit and tie every day. Uh, DOD military clients. I'm helping people implement new healthcare software. So I could talk. They said, you can learn healthcare software. All we need you to do is talk. And up until this past year, that's what I did. And there was one moment where I found myself on the road. And I looked back at the calendar and I realized out of the year i had spent over 200 nights away from home and this is the same time when i was about to marry my fiance my wife now we had just moved to a new town i knew nobody but we'd been living there for a while and it was not right uh so now we're in the current chapter and that's me leaving this corporate job building a podcast about the importance of community and social connection because i didn't have it and i always knew it was there but it wasn't until i was removed from it that i was like wow and here we are, me talking to you, Dr. P, best-selling author. That's, <laughs> that's a great, uh, I mean, that would be your testament. How'd you get here, right? It's yes. like, that's awesome. Um, that's really, that's really great. Uh, communication, there's no factories for that. What's great <laughs> is for you to be able to look back and go, you know what? um back in the whole idea of of community and the idea of being a standard setter you're going to get pushback from those that have reached what they believe is their level of standard and not being able to see further like it is so important to get and and there was a certain generation and even even in my generation, certainly the generation that preceded me, even in my generation, I'm probably old enough to be your father. So like even <laughs> in my generation was, you know, what J-O-B are you going to get? And you lock in and, and you do your 40 a week for 40 years for what, right? And, and to recognize that you have a purpose and a passion and that those are combined um and i'm working on a book around that like that's it's like we get pushed into certain things or guided into certain things it's when you feel pulled into that thing that it's like it always comes from your heart you feel pulled yeah. to this thing and that's when you know you're in your purpose and that can change right that can change based on different opportunities being offered to you you were absolutely in your purpose. It's like, here's free um, uh, graduate school. It's like, oh, <laughs> right now, there's an opportunity and a gift I'm willing to receive. And all of this is the message. Like, I, I come back to, I don't just want this to be a fun conversation. I want this to be like, that is one of the learning pieces out of this podcast today is, are you willing to receive? Are you willing to look at the opportunities that are in front of you once you dare to declare what you truly desire? And it's like, right, that's the that's the whole piece. So, you know, study what you're passionate about. Lean into what you're passionate about. And if yeah. you don't know, like your, your um, path wasn't a direct path. Until someone said, you know, you could do this thing. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. oh that, mm -hmm. right? Um, I had a J-O-B uh, 
which I actually loved, and yet it kept me on the on the road for a really long time. Yeah, I used to. You know how business cards come in? In I don't know if you use business cards. Business cards for those that use them are don't come in in uh, boxes of two hundred and fifty each. Yeah. I used to collect my hotel key cards and put them in in business card boxes. Wow. And um, a year or two ago, I found these boxes of hotel key cards, and I actually burst into tears hmm. because those boxes, while badges of honor, mm-hmm. look, I was off, you know, doing my thing. What it represented was each of these was three nights away from my family. Mm-hmm. And it's like that that crushed me. It's like, what choices did I make? And they were the right choices at the time. They were the right choices at the time. And then they weren't. And I think that's really important to know, too, that it's like, though you you do what you need to do and 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 stay in action trying different things opening new doors so that you can uh so that you can land in that purpose like you'll know it when it's when you're in it you know yeah what what a good illustration having the collection of hotel key cards i chucked them (laughs) it was was ceremonial (laughs) it's like Uh, this is no longer who I am or part of my life. This is not representative of who I want to be. And while I could hold them up uh, as badges of honor, it's a box of martyrdom and I no longer need that. Mm -hmm. Gone. Right. Gone in the, in the hefty trash bag. Yeah, it was, it was in fact. (laughs) Uh, And and with that was like new door, new opening, new life. Right. So, yes. I have this thing, I've called it, it's funny, you probably do this too. Maybe you don't, maybe you're really by the book. I'll coin things, something, and then I'll go in and realize, oh, it's actually called something completely different. I've just been calling it something way different. But I call it the, for a while, and I still identify with this a little bit, being the baby of four, there was a moment where I felt, or not moment, many moments, where I felt I was the last opportunity. This is it. This is your shot. And going to graduate school, I got to do something that everyone who came before me and my family, my grandparents, my parents, my older siblings, they hadn't done before. So I also had this Harvard complex in me that was, I want to do the biggest and best and be the golden kid. So when I get approached with this corporate job where I'll be able to wear a suit and tie, I didn't get my first suit jacket till I was 21 and I got it from Goodwill. It just so happened to fit me and I had to wear it because I got invited to an award ceremony. So before that, I'd worn one suit that we rented and I had to return promptly the next morning. Never did I possess a suit. And I'm approached with this job to where I will wear a suit and tie and I'll be able to, I, I got chosen to be in first class. What, first class? And I, American Airlines, I remember sitting there wanting someone to take my picture in first class, but I was too nervous to approach them. And as you know, whenever you get on a plane, there's all these people walking past you. So especially if you get on the plane first, you sit down, a lot of people try and not make eye contact with everybody coming down. Me, I'm one of those rare people who I'm trying to look at everybody. (laughs) And I'm sure it makes some people uncomfortable, but I'm genuinely curious who's hopping on this plane. Maybe it's someone I know. 1% of the time, was it someone I know? It may have been a coworker because we were all traveling. I joke that the one place I saw all the coworkers was at the airport. That was like our office. But it scratched this Harvard complex for me because I got to travel and wear the suit. And it was really easy to answer. What do you do? Oh, I'm a federal consultant but it wasn't worth it for me. And it was moments where I had values clash, like, oh, I get to ride first, I get to fly first class, but I'm going to be away for six days. And I was actually forced out in a sense to where they they were loving 
the company was loving what we had going on, but it wasn't until they approached me and I was already talking to my wife about how I wasn't feeling good about being away so much. I had to manage two identities living on the road. You have to tap into survival mode. You got to get ready to stand in the two hour long enterprise line, or maybe your flight gets delayed in Atlanta. And then you have to go and be assertive at the desk. And then they'll tell you something and you got to call corporate travel. And then you finally get your rental car that smells like ketchup and weed. And you're like, seriously, I'm driving this Toyota Camry that smells like ketchup. And then you have to come back home and be with the dog and the family and tap into another side of yourself. And it's exhausting. So at the very end of this, my company approached me and they said, we want you to go to a client site for two months and we prefer you to be there for weekend coverage, AKA translate between the corporate speak. Don't come home. Yeah. Go live there. Save us all money. Yes. No, I can't. I can't. And talking to my wife, I can't. So putting in that one month notice and being like, I don't know what I want to transition to, but I do know that I've always loved to talk to people. And I think a podcast would be a cool format. And people would say, well, Chris, you need a niche. And I'd say, well, I don't exactly know what that niche is yet, but I know I want to talk to people. And like many people, you start something, you don't know what you're starting, but you feel compelled to start it. And then you figure out. I started the Talk to People podcast, and then later I connected it with all of this loneliness epidemic, friendship recession, more alone time than ever. TikTok's here, but it's not replacing social connection. What do we do? Well, let's figure out. And then we have the podcast. That's, uh, that was full. <laughs> that was very good. The So the Harvard complex, right? The suit and tie, I yeah. am somebody that's all ego and right and when you when you recognize that your ego's in the way and that you're doing you're doing the suit and tie thing for somebody else you were doing it because you were gonna be somebody right mm-hmm. that was a and and, and to whom mm-hmm. and it was your parents which is awesome because you know making your parents proud is a good thing um and that said not at the expense of you or your soul right that mm-hmm. uh, and so this you know to springboard forward a little bit we've all come through the pandemic those of us that are still here not everybody made it through the pandemic certainly i lost some friends and family uh, others did too but coming through the pandemic what did it do for us right it gave us the four walls that we got to see every day for two years and what did that do for us? Well, that put us back in touch with what we value. Because when when our daily life is taken away, and now you're in these four walls, it's like, well, here's what I miss. Here's what I want. Oh, here's what I want for my life, right? And, yep. and so to be in the space of, that's why, that's why, again, exponential success is about values first, then vision. Like, this is what I value. This is what I want for my life. It's an easy bounce. What do I value? What do I see for myself? Oh, how am I going to embody that now? And for you, what you did was you said, I am not a stay away husband. Right. Um, My wife, my relationship, my dog, (laughs) right? they all need me present and I will invest there, which means I'm making choices. Awesome. And those choices are based on current values. Also awesome. So that's really, that's huge, right? That's huge is that you get a chance to, uh, to live into what you truly value. It's also, dare I say a risk, yeah. <laughs> is when you go, hey, hon, I'm not going to be working at JOB anymore. I'm going to start. How dare you say that. that. Right. And it's, yeah. and it's so what was the reaction? How did how did you navigate that? Well, I agree it definitely was a risk. But I think about risky behavior, particularly whenever you're in a relationship, is the shock factor is mitigated if you talk about it throughout the whole process. 
So my wife knew that I wasn't crazy about travel after about maybe a quarter into my whole like tenure at this company. I was like, ah, calling her in the Atlanta airport. I say Atlanta airport. I have a shout out to Atlanta airport. So big, cool. But oh yeah, it's big. The most traveled airport. I have a particular memory there where I'm the last flight out. The pilot says, all right, hurry, everybody hop on so we can fly out. Everybody quickly hurries on. Then the pilot says, okay, hop off quick. Right. A storm is rolling in. So you've got to like, we're going to board faster than usual so we can get out. Let's go. Right. Yeah. And then he says, "Uh uh-oh, something happened. Hurry, hop off real quick. We're going to hop back on and we hop off and we hop back on. And then we're sitting there and he said, all right, we're just waiting for air traffic control. And 30 minutes later, he says, we can't fly out last flight of the night i leave walk up the tarmac i i look and the line for the customer agent desk is so long i call my corporate travel and they essentially say hey you're gonna have to spend the night in the airport and little moments like that wherever i'm texting my wife and i'm telling her and i'm not even assessing it with any emotion like i'm not saying i hate this this sucks all i'm saying is the fact hey we're delayed for two hours and her seeing things like that communicated to her. She studied communication in graduate school. She taught as well. She's decently good at reading this. She could tell I wasn't crazy about it. So communicating with her as it intensifies and then talking to her, hey, they're talking about potentially moving me to a different site. Okay, well, let's hear it out. By the time I actually decide to throw in and say, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to do something else. She was on board. Now, that's not always the case. And I met with somebody yesterday who's building a really cool PR firm. And it was his wife that encouraged him to go for it and not accept a different job. And I think that that's super lucky. I don't think that people have, I think that's a big reason why I do what I do. I want people to have those people around them that give them that power that put the wind in their sails. It doesn't have to be a romantic partner. It can be a really close family member. It could be a neighbor. It could be a current coworker at your current job, but she did that for me. And I think that's a, like, that's why I'm here talking to you, right? We want people to live fuller lives and I want you to have a full life, but I want you to have it and part of a full community. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I want to share something that a mentor of mine gave to me as a gift yeah. that I have passed along to others, um, and that is belief. And it's like, maybe, maybe you don't fully believe in yourself right now. Mm. You can borrow my belief in you. And that's like, holy cow. That's awesome. Right? You know, if somebody else believes in me enough that maybe I can believe in myself. And it was... It was, I'll tell you, that thing stuck stuck with me so that I'm able to do that for other people because, you know, perspective is is what we have. Right. And we can see something in someone else and we can go, you know what? I believe you. I believe in you. I believe that you can do this. You love this. You want it. I believe in you. Um, that's a huge gift. And when you can do that with a, with a, partner that's one of the biggest gifts you can give to each other when you do that with somebody else that's a client or a friend or someone you know even an acquaintance where you go you know what i don't know you that well but i believe in you yeah and um you've you know to to use your phrase like you've become or created community in that moment you're the community which Mm -hmm. is Right. Community doesn't have to be 30,000 people. Community can be one to one accountability, support, all that stuff. Yeah. There's a big part of loneliness called intimate loneliness. We have to have those confidants, those romantic partners. You may see the people who have dozens, this network that has dozens of people. And I had somebody on the podcast. It was an interesting angle that we took, but it was how do you navigate nightlife and social connection in nightlife? Because the stereotype about nightlife is you walk into this club or this bar and you have this huge group 
and they call it rolling deep. You're rolling deep with all your guys, all your girls, and you're chatting. But the thing is, all of the research shows that quantity of people, it doesn't really matter. Quality is what matters. There is some research research that shows if you talk a lot throughout the day to a lot of different people, that can help you. But as far as fulfillment and sustainment goes, it's quality. And that belief that your mentor gave me, that belief that I get to get from you, whenever we're in that community, we get to believe in what other people are doing. And when they succeed, we succeed. And what it also subtly does, we don't think about this, but it's an effect that's happening and it is directly impacting us, is it gives us someone else to watch succeed other than ourselves. If I'm just thinking about my stuff, if I'm thinking about the podcast, the production studio, my writing, and I'm like, I really wanted to take off. I really wanted to take off. It's a really lonely, sad life because I haven't figured out the YouTube algorithm and I don't think I will. (laughs) I think I'm just going to create a little bit better each time. And like life that keeps changing, right? If If you do things the same way, you will degrade. Yes. Right. It's like, uh, you know, there's, there are people who are, I'm afraid to change. It's like, you have to change. The world is changing. So if you're afraid to change and you stay the way you are and the world changes, you've actually lost you, you, who you are and everything about you because you haven't kept up. And so, you know, I haven't figured out the YouTube algorithm. Okay. That's awesome. By the time you figure it out, it'll be different. (laughs) Just keep you and keep being better. It's it's really good. Um, I want to come back and, and offer you this thing from, um, I think it was Fritz Perls, who was the founder of Gestalt Psychology. And he said it back in the 1950s, which is we exist to be a witness in each other's lives. Bingo. Right? And that's, it's like, can I have someone witness me and my growth? Right? I've... Uh, produced movies. I'm recently featured in a movie um, about exactly that. Look at me grow. Uh, it's called Big Stages, and it's it's about people taking the stage. Like I'm one of the featured speakers. Yeah, it's not about me speaking on stage. It's about me developing as a human. And right. And so if we can watch each other develop as a human. You can look back at your at your path now and go, wow, this is what got me here. In 10 years, you'll go, who knew, right? I was on the cutting edge of 3D podcasting when it came out. Awesome, right? Who knew that was you, right? So uh, I believe in you. Um, so <laughs> I received that. I, I'm going to take it and I'm going to take it back and just like you're believing in me and giving that out. I know your listeners are loving what they're hearing. I popped in and listened to you laugh with the guests and I was already loving it. So I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you for laying a foundation for what this looks like to break through. Yeah, you are welcome. Um, is there anything that was that was a beautiful little segue, like right to the to the <laughs> end of our time together. It, what were you hoping I'd ask or what did we not cover that, that we can throw in here? And by the way, I will have all your social in our, in our show notes so people can find you on YouTube. They'll find your podcast, which is Talk to People uh, podcast because there is a talktopeople.com. Uh, we're going to send them talktopeoplepodcast.com. So please find Chris Miller at talktopeoplepodcast.com dot com and then so we'll we'll have all your social up what else should we uh should we be talking about in our last minute or so here well we should be talking about how i was unsure of kind of how we're going to go but i think we painted a really beautiful picture i think that people can go back and listen to this you have a lot of subject matter expertise and we got to kind of co-construct something which i think is really cool i think A big reason why I do what I do is I know what it feels like to be on your own and to want to improve your life. And we may read all the self-development books. We may read things that a better workout routine, a better diet, 
but we're gonna we're at a glass ceiling we're at a blockade if we don't get people around us to help us go through it and like i get to cheer you on because now i'm connected with you now i'm going to be looking at your podcast when your book comes out i'm going to be able to look at it much differently and be able to say hey i know that guy i got to talk to him and as we get our people around us people are going to do the same for us we cheer them on they cheer us on and Together, we have that, you know, innovation, invention, creation, all of that jazz. So you ask me great questions. No other questions I'd want. Uh, we we made lemonade out of the lemons we were given. <laughs> I, I don't think we had much lemons. I, you know, it's like, we, and, and we ended up with sweet, sweet lemonade. Right. Um, you used a couple of great words. I want to, I want to make sure that we, that we land in those as we close this out. Um, you talked about co-construction and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful term. It's not a term I use. I don't think ever. So mm-hmm. co-construct something with somebody recognize that just having a conversation, this is a beautiful conversation. Having a conversation is co-construction. Yes. And that it's not co-degradation. We're not here to tear each other down. We're constructing. We're building something together. And that every one of our audience members can choose to do that with the next person you encounter, whether that's a barista or a spouse or um, you know anybody else that you can co-construct something where you reveal the value of the other person to that person. And I love that. Um, and that, by the way, then brings to the other brings us to the other word, which is community, because that's what we're building. That is what we're building. So um, Chris Miller. Thank, thank you for you. having me, Dr. Yeah. P. Thank you for being here. This was this was awesome. This was kind of fun. And and I appreciate you and uh and look forward to watching your journey, being witness to your journey. So very I'm good. I'm here for you. And I believe in you. And I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. This is One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. My guest today, Chris Miller, uh, an author, a writer, and a podcaster, and a producer, and a podcaster all over again. Um, watch him grow. Chris Miller, go to uh, talktopeoplepodcast.com. I've said that multiple times. I just, I love it. Uh, so get there. And as I said, this is One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I am your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Grinnell, the president of Dynamic Leader and the Exponential Success Coach. We'll see you here next time. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor.